Salam everyone, this is Hanan and Haifa, and you're listening to Hoodies and Headscarves. Welcome back to the podcast. You know, we really thought we would be outside this summer, but the way that this weather is looking, it's just not it. We inside this summer. We inside. <laughs> Um, I know, I know, like, in some places, like, um, our cousin in Oman just told us that they literally just started another lockdown as of, when is it? It's, like, July 3rd today when we're recording this. They just recently, like, I wanted to go this winter, but they literally just went into another lockdown. Like, we are so, I'm, like, so grateful that we have, like, access to the vaccine. Like, it's such a privilege because we, literally everybody in Boston, people here don't even wear masks anymore. They don't really care. I mean, we do, obviously, because we're considerate. <laughs> but, um, wow. It's crazy how it varies so differently from where you are. Yeah. But I hope, wherever you're listening, that you hopefully are able to get outside and are not in lockdown for, like, the And get vaccinated. Time. Yes, of course, of course. Um, yeah. So, what are we talking about today? We are talking about hustle culture and capitalism. And I feel like the pandemic has definitely, like, spurred a lot of conversations about those two topics, like, productivity, um, more specifically, and also just American work culture, because I know, like, hella people are, like, mm-hmm. quitting, straight up quitting their jobs. Yeah. Because they, re- they refuse to go back into the office. That's something I would do. Not go I, back into the yeah, office. Yeah, no. Ugh. But, yeah, I could complain about capitalism all day, every day. <laughs> I basically do already. Um, but yeah, that's what we're going to talk about today. So, you know, I saw this one tweet, I think, and it was talking about how somebody went in for an interview and they were asked like, oh, so what did you do? What like hobby or something or like project did you pick up over lockdown? Mm. (laughs) And it's just so it's kind of gross. Yeah. Like, why do we always have to be productive, especially during the pandemic? Right. Yeah. And that's. It's so weird because I, I literally, we literally did pick up an entirely new hobby. We started mm-hmm. longboarding. And yet sometimes when I think back, like I remember at the beginning of the pandemic, our dad was like, this is like the only time in your life that you're ever going to have an opportunity, opportunity like this, which also, by the way, the world is looking like right now and we were probably going to be right back in another pandemic in like five years. <laughs> but, um, he was like, this is the only time in your life where you're like going to be home, no responsibilities like nothing like I was just graduated high school so I literally had nothing actually no I was supposed to go to Morocco and LA last summer for free <laughs> but um so yeah I had like no responsibilities like nothing other than like one like a class that I was taking and I picked up an entirely new hobby he's like take this time like you know learn something new learn a language whatever whatever and I was like haha yeah, yeah okay whatever <laughs> and now like I remember like a couple of weeks ago I was looking back and I was like damn like I really could have become like a hidden pro <laughs> or like I kind of picked up something like I'm um, you know something really cool and interesting and now like I literally did like I I did and I simply yeah. did and yet there's still like so much pressure to have like done, done so more. much more you know yeah yeah I mean, All we right. also did take up this podcast during the pandemic. Yeah, We're still technically, in it, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, okay, so let's tar- start from the beginning, I guess, for those that don't really know what capitalism is. So, um, capitalism is technically defined as an economic and political system in which a country's trade and industry are controlled by private owners for profit rather than by the state. Um, that sounds really complicated, <laughs> but I guess for the purpose of like what we're talking about today... It's, like, I guess the economic system mm-hmm. in place, in places like the U.S. especially. I feel like the U.S. is, like, the the capitalist <laughs> country. It's just awful yeah. as it is. But, um, basically, capitalism forces, like, employers and bosses and companies to, you know, want to make more money. Like, that's their goal is to make more money. And they end up exploiting their employees as a result of that. Yeah. Um, Everything, basically everybody's out for themselves. All these companies are out for themselves. They don't even mm-hmm. really care for their employees that much either. Yeah, no, nope, not at all. So this, I feel like as a result, this is why we, you know, we tied hustle culture into this conversation on capitalism is because hustle culture is, okay, well, let's define that too. Do you want to read the definition? 
Yeah, basically it's a lifestyle that teaches people that overworking is the only way to earn respect, whether it's from yourself or others. So if you're not putting every possible minute of your day into something productive, you don't have what it takes to be successful. Yeah, and that definition is from the Daily Star. So yeah, basically, like Hanan just said, you're just constantly like all of your energy is towards, you know, <laughs> the like lame, like rise and grind mm-hmm. thing that we hear. And I feel like part of hustle culture is like, I don't know, when we all think, you know, like when you're watching um, YouTube and you get those ads of those guys that are like, oh, I did Forex and whatever, and <laughs> now I can afford a Lamborghini and I have a mansion in here and there, whatever. Um, I feel like that's like a big part of it. I feel like hustle culture, I saw this thing that said hustle culture was like for everybody, but that specific like, I don't know, like niche part of hustle culture is like for men. And then the MLM. You mean like Forex? not no not that necessarily it's just like the rise and grind oh okay okay uh, what's that one thing get your money up like (laughs) like the hustling and the the money emoji with the wings like (laughs) that's for men and then the women get the mlm girl boss oh lord i know (laughs) but yeah something that's interesting but anyway yeah hustle culture um so the thing with hustle culture is that it normalizes like overworking yourself to the point where you're like literally barely able to function and i remember like even when we were in middle school i feel like as young as middle school we started glamorizing hustle culture like as awful as that is i feel like what do you mean by that like it was always like oh my god i only slept four hours last night because i was so busy you know doing homework and studying it like became like a thing that and i did it too me and everybody that i know yeah, yeah yeah And it wasn't even that. It was, like, the fact that you were bragging about it. Mm-hmm. You know? Ugh, I hate that. Yeah. So, yeah, that kind of ties into, like, productivity and the fact that you never feel, like... Like, I feel if like... You're the, not, if you're not being productive, it doesn't seem like you're using your time in the yeah, right way, I guess. Exactly, yeah. So, if you, like... I, like, even on regular days of a Saturday... A Saturday, you know, like, the one day where I <laughs> should be able to, like, rest and relax... If the entire day has gone by and I haven't turned in one assignment or if I haven't, like, re- you know, I haven't been able to take anything off my to-do list, I feel like yeah. I've, I've wasted it. And I feel like that's, like, internalized, like, hustle culture and capitalism. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's what school teaches us so that, you know, we, like, become little capitalist minions <laughs> so that we go into the workforce and our bosses are able to exploit us. But, yeah. and I think, okay, going off of your bosses, like, exploiting you, I think part of it is the fact that, like, every place that you go, like to work i mean they kind of push this narrative that it's like you're part of the family like you know i feel like i think i saw something that was like if you like your workplace says that you're part of the family you're like pushing that on you that idea on you then they're manipulating you yeah no it's really awful the way that employers are able to take advantage yeah Yeah. people and the thing is like even me right now as i'm starting to figure out what companies that i want to work for intern for you know just Mm -hmm. you know doing my research all the time when I go to these networking events at, like, you know, these huge, like, you know, for, I don't want to name the company, but, like, <laughs> these very large, notable, you know, firms, mm-hmm. household names, they're constantly like, oh, we care about work-life balance, we mm-hmm. have a gym, and we give you free lunch. Like, all these perks. All these, yeah, yeah, And a lot of them are at the campus of the job site, yeah. so that they keep you there from, like, literally... Like, you crack know, a dawn to, yeah, yeah. yeah. They say a 9 to 5 turns into a 5 to 9. Oh, That's Lord. Exactly oh, my God. Yeah. But the thing is, also, okay, I have beef, because I... Literally, I do these, like, informational interviews and networking events. It's, like, a very big thing if you want to go into business, which also... <laughs> we'll talk about that later, but... <laughs> half the time I'm like yo like how is your work-life balance when I'm asking these people who I'm fairly certain are working 70 to 80 hour weeks like I wanted to go into consulting for a while but Mm -mm. I decided against it because literally they're working like um, a friend of ours said like once you calculate out the hours for you know people that you're like okay for a 22 year old college grad you're making bank when in reality when you calculate out the hours they're making like less than minimum wage yeah because you're not like you're not counting your overtime yeah like you're not technically on the clock that and the fact that consulting you're literally they fly you out if you like live in one city they fly you to your client monday through thursday i mean as in you're living in a hotel monday through thursday and they fly you back and they're like oh friday you only get to you only have to stay half a day Mm -hmm. (laughs) like how is that supposed to be like work from home friday like 
on top of that, I think, like, part of, like, work-life balance is not working as much. Exactly. Because, like, even 40-hour weeks, it's, it's so a lot. Much. When you think about, like, how much time you put into, like, getting ready in the morning, commuting, mm-hmm. all of that, you have, like, maybe an hour, half an hour to yourself, like, outside of, like, cooking for yourself and showering and whatnot. Yeah. No, literally. Like, I'm, like I said, I'm trying to do research, figure out who I'm trying to work for, and, like, at this point, I'm literally, I'm hoping, my dream is to find a company that'll let me work 40 hours a week. Because a lot <laughs> of the people that I know are working 70, 80. Yeah. Like, between, literally, 50, you know, between 50 and, even 50. I was like, oh, 50's not that bad. 50 is bad. Mm-hmm. Like, that's 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. or something ridiculous like that. Monday yeah. through Friday, which I'm really not trying to do. So, I like, that. that's just a lot. To yeah. say that I'm, you know, my goal is a 40-hour work week. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Um, and, you know, another thing is that right now, because of the pandemic, people are working from home. Mm-hmm. Companies are desperately trying to get people to go back into work. Because, basically, if you are working from home, there's no narrative being forced onto you that you, like, oh, this is, this is like, a nice place to work. This is where you belong. Like, look at, <laughs> you have all these nice coworkers and stuff and all these nice perks in the office and stuff. Mm-hmm. They can't, like, there's no reason why you would stay yeah. if you weren't feeling like you were being treated well or if you don't have a work-life balance, you can just quit and get another job and work from home still. Yeah, exactly. And a, a big thing that I've heard people complain about is commute times. Like, mm-hmm. if you work in somewhere, I heard it's insane for, if you work in, like, San Francisco or something, like Silicon Valley, it's, like, insane. Like, you can't live there because, you you know, you're making $200,000 a year, but you're still, like, below the poverty line for, like, a family of three or something ridiculous like that. Mm-hmm. But you have to live so far away. So it's, like, a two-hour commute there and two hours back. And so they put you in a bus where that has Wi-Fi. And it's, like, wow. So you can work on the bus. Yeah, literally wasting your life away. But one thing I wanted to touch on earlier when we were talking about... I don't remember what we were talking about, but... um there was do you remember that thing that came out um about goldman sachs Mm -mm. they okay so basically they did this survey of goldman sachs Uh, goldman sachs is like a big like it's a gigantic like bank right investment something yeah something like that yeah so anyway regardless the people that we're talking about are like investment analysts like associate investment and i don't know what the position is but it's essentially kids that you know a lot of my friends for example are majoring in finance right now And after they graduate, they're going to go into these, you know, associate positions, like entry-level jobs, essentially, at this giant investment bank. Um, So it's like that, those kind of people. Oh, okay. What I wanted to touch on earlier was um, I'll be doing these informational interviews with people, and I'm like, yo, like, how's the work-life balance? And they'll lie to my face. And they'll be like, oh, it's what you make of it. Like, no. (laughs) You just tell me that you're working so many hours a week. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you would think that they would, you know, want other people to know so that they don't What they're getting into. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I find that very offensive. (laughs) But anyway, (laughs) what I was getting at with the Goldman Sachs thing. People, they graduate college. You're 22. You, you know, you think you've made it where you're making over 100K a year, theoretically, at this giant investment bank. But they, you know, Goldman Sachs did this survey with these entry-level analysts and found out that they were working like 80 to 90 hours a week on average. As in they had like five hours of like off time every single night. As in like, you know, you get off work, you sleep for five hours, you wake up and you go right back to work. Like the, it was just an insane amount of work. And it's like, they also did like comparisons like how was your physical and mental health before you started working here and what was it mm-hmm. after before it was like you know between seven and nine or something for both out of ten yeah, yeah. and then it plummeted to two damn for both. like it was so so awful and i just like it's in some of the responses like for your response they were like yeah i literally don't have time to eat or like i don't have time to use the bathroom i haven't showered in a week oh my god i just wake up and go to work and then I go to sleep, and then the process repeats, and it's like, wow. Bro, imagine if you're a Muslim, you don't even t- have time to pray. Stop over online. So, yeah, I feel like, first of all, it couldn't be me. I would quit. <laughs> Come on. There's but, no way. No, yeah. But, yeah, I feel like this hustle culture, this, you know, also another thing that I didn't touch on earlier, this, like, rise and grind culture of, like, men that all, you need to have 15 streams of income, you need to be an <laughs> entrepreneur, you need to, oh, what do they always say? Like, you work for yourself, 
something about be your own boss Mm -hmm. so annoying (laughs) um but yeah like that at the end of the day they're encouraging people to like literally sell their soul to capitalism and you know it's so funny i was on tiktok the other day it was like it was this girl and she said quote unquote you act older as in someone's telling her you act older and her response is yes babe that's because i'm 16 saving for my house working most days with the mindset of a 25 year old and you're 25 with the mindset of a 16 year old oh and i was like holding <laughs> and at first i was like okay like get it sis like we're all out here trying to build generational it's also important to know that this is a white girl checked out her other tiktoks and she looks kind of rich not gonna lie <laughs> um and she's like kind of like one of those um remember like the manchester girl trend she doesn't look like that, mm-hmm. but that's kind of how she sounds. Like, very posh, like, rich oh, okay, countryside okay. of the UK. I don't know. Actually, I don't know where rich people live. <laughs> um, yeah, so I thought that was interesting. At first, I was like, okay, like, do you? Period. Like, get that bag. But then, I was like, how sad is that? Yeah. That, like, it's norm- It's glamorized. Normalized and glamorized, I guess. For a child to be worrying about how to get more money. And become rich and you know yeah it's really just sad um, yeah it's it's like i feel like there's so many people who are talking about like or i guess millennials or not even millennials probably the generation before that that's like why are these people why are these youngsters so lazy like why aren't they like just just work hard and get a house and a life and a family raise your family <laughs> whatever and it's like it's it's literally so much ex- more expensive first of all and there's no way that you can like just work even if you i feel like if back in the day like if you had a minimum wage job you could easily support like your family and like have a have a life you know there's no way there's absolutely no way you can do that today yeah but yeah so basically i feel like you really can't win with hustle culture like you it's gonna lead to first of all it's gonna lead to burnout mm-hmm. second of all it's gonna lead to i mean along with burnout mental health issues depression anxiety like there's no way that working oh also every time like the rise and grind bros say like be your own boss start a business i would way rather be doing that than working a nine to five in what world is starting a business how is that the, the how way is that they easy? say it i know it's... the way they say it, it sounds like you're oh you, i only have to work like 20 30 hours a week like have you seen i no owner i know works way more than that but okay have you seen like rise and grind twitter (laughs) no (laughs) it's so funny i hate oh is that like the same like area of twitter with the guys that are like everybody's praying on my downfall oh i don't know i don't know about that but basically it's these people who are like oh you should like get this apply for this grant and then you have the seed money for like some some like business and (laughs) all you have to do is this and that and then boom you're making a hundred thousand dollars a year it was like the same type of people that were like oh just take your twelve hundred dollars stimulus check and and start a business (laughs) (laughs) as if people don't have bills starting with twelve hundred dollars capital exactly anyway but yeah like we were like i was saying there's no way that like oh engaging yourself in <laughs> wait oh, not say I, thought of, I thought of a funny tweet okay i forget like the exact numbers but it was like all you have to do is buy like five tomato plants plant them and then you get like a hundred tomato plants <laughs> plant them and then you get like five thousand and then it just keeps going and then it's like sell all your tomatoes and you make a hundred thousand bruh <laughs> It's not even. It's like on what land? <laughs> I think it's also important to like discuss how a lot of um, intra- entrepreneurs are black women. Right. I feel like yeah, because I think the first off, I feel like I read somewhere that it's like statistically like um, businesses owned by black women don't fail as much as startups or whatever mm-hmm. by other entrepreneurs of other races mm-hmm. i don't know if that's 100 percent sure so don't quote me on that but i think it's i think when you think about it there's so many there's so many black women who like have started their own businesses yeah. You know? yeah yeah and i think it's so interesting to see how how like like first off there's a lot of like women who like stay at home who are stay at home moms you know mm-hmm. but then they also feel like they have to like start their own business and bec- and like buy into hustle culture you know mm-hmm. and then there's also kids who feel like they have to do that too yeah which is kind of crazy to think about yeah 
one of these days i want to have i complain about this all the time to my friends like i i don't really want to work i really hope that my future employer like doesn't like find this <laughs> while i'm like recruiting but yeah i don't know like i took a feminism class and we were like doing some readings and one of them was like basically you can be exploited in the formal labor force or you know just because of capitalism right or you can be exploited in the home <laughs> i was like oh man well look you like i i like kids so i feel like i more or less would like you know being involved in raising my kids right and i feel like that responsibility usually lands on the female more Mm -hmm. um that's not to say that i wouldn't involve my husband but like (laughs) i don't know i really don't know because and also like the added like you're a black muslim woman you have to go to work and deal with all that bullshit and then Mm -hmm. come home and have to raise your why can't i just raise my kids (laughs) yeah and I used to be so against that. I used to be like, ugh, why do women want to stay at home when they can go to work and make their own money? Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's <laughs> um, That kind of, yeah, no, I feel like it comes down to, like, I feel like it comes down to, like, you have to choose. You, I mean, it's not to say that you can't, like, do both. Mm-hmm. But, like, why would you do both when you can choose? Right. Which one? <laughs> it's, like, it's like the, the better, I guess, of two evils. Yeah. Eesh. I don't know. You saw that video, right, of the the woman on Twitter who, like, stays home and has that rich husband or whatever who makes a ton of money. Yeah, and I, I just want them. Yeah, I just want to be like that. Like, basically, it's this Asian couple. The husband makes bank, but then he doesn't touch the money. Like, she... Yeah. Um, and they have two kids, I think. I don't remember for sure. Something like that. Something like that. And basically, she stays home, takes care of the house, takes care of the finances, they everything. they a big house. Yeah, yeah. it's really nice. <laughs> And basically, the way that he said it is that she doesn't work outside of the home. I love that. Yeah. I love that. But she obviously is doing all of this, like, housework, like, raising the kids and whatnot. It's a job. Yeah, it really is. And he doesn't, like, have to, like, worry about any type of money. Like, she spends whatever she wants. She, like, doesn't have to check with him or hide stuff from him mm-hmm. in terms of finances. And yeah. he just honestly doesn't know how the money, like, where the money goes. <laughs> yeah honestly it's so interesting for real yeah i always say that like low-key and that's not to say being a housewife is easy mm-hmm. i know it's like a very challenging job <laughs> but mm-hmm. um but don't let yeah no our, our employers our future employers cannot hear about how we're just gonna be <laughs> how we just want to be housewives <laughs> but yeah i always say that like i low-key would be fine with being a housewife but the second a man tells me i need you to oh, stay no. out, i'm gone i'm gone but yeah anyway back to the point um yeah we were talking about like what hustle culture like engaging in it leads to um i feel like like i said burnout mental health issues and on top of it i heard i was like watching this one woman her name's lynette atkins she's an amazing youtube channel um she talks about like capitalism and like you know lifestyle and productivity anyway um basically essentially everything we're talking about but um she was talking about how you know she went to business school and she got the job at like you know a really big company you know she did everything that everyone told her you need to do to be successful and then afterwards she like was simply not happy and she found that her obviously through college and in her career a lot of you know her friends and her colleagues were constantly turning to drugs and alcohol to numb themselves after being overworked like all week long and honestly, mm-hmm. I like that makes so much sense because obviously, mm-hmm. like I'm in business school and I go to basically one of the biggest party schools in the country. Very, very big party school. Every lots of people drink and smoke and do everything here. Mm-hmm. But um, and it's it's known for that. Or yeah. that's one of the things it's known it's known for. But um, basically, to get into the business school, it's a little bit challenging. You have to get relatively good grades. Um, so a lot of the people there are like pretty, you know, they're like relatively smart. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found myself like obviously I like wasn't into that, so I didn't really go to any parties or you know. Yeah. You know, I was just I hated it when people drank around me. It was just like, gross and weird. Yeah. But um, I found that like so many of my peers and friends were like literally in the streets as they like to say <laughs> all weekend. Like literally, they would do homework all day on Saturday. 
and then set or Saturday afternoon, maybe if there's like a football game or something. A uh, darty. Yeah. <laughs> um, around what, like two p.m. Saturday to about like noon Sunday, if they were like hungover or whatever, <laughs> they were just like gone, like completely like faded. Yeah, and yet they were like the same kids getting like real. Actually, maybe they weren't doing that great. <laughs> they were doing like relatively good though. I know some people like you know went a little too far and got suspended or kicked out and stuff like that but a lot like the vast majority of the kids in business school are getting drunk on weekends and still getting good grades and still getting relatively good grades yeah i'm talking like 3.5 gpas probably Hmm. yeah but yeah it's just insane and i was like how are y'all doing this but now it makes sense it's like that's exactly what they're doing what they're doing is they're taking they're using drugs and alcohol to like avoid all the stress that they have to deal with escapism escapism yeah exactly and then here we are as muslims <laughs> uh so hard but yeah also hey we hmm. got prayer okay we do that we do yep um yeah and i want to touch on that like where we kind of fit into all this mess later but yeah one other thing i wanted to add is that i guess maybe this is not no it is related to hustle culture um competition there's like so much like I don't know i think it like thrive capitalism and hustle culture they all thrive on the idea that money is limited and that we're mm. all competing for the same limited resources yeah and that's, that's where you have like nobody wants to help each other everybody doesn't like literally the entire country the united states is a perfect example of this because yeah. it's so like individualistic nobody really wants to help that. each other it's very you know what can i do to make sure i can succeed yeah it's it's disgusting honestly i mean and i guess that goes the same way with like companies you know at the you know at the end of the day they're all vying for yeah market share Mm -hmm. Mm. i saw this thing that was i think it was like this really like successful um businessman he was talking about how like the u.s like school system i guess most school systems fail to teach people what is like important i guess Mm. because it's basically like whenever you're in school obviously if you cheat on a test or something by looking at whatever somebody else has written down Mm. or like working with somebody you're getting penalized for that Mm -hmm. instead you're supposed to just work on yourself like focus on yourself and getting your own good grades and that's what's going to be like rewarded Mm. so basically working with other people like even if you're in the workplace like if you're in the workplace the way to like do better is to like get help from the people around you right Mm -hmm. but like we're not taught that in schools everything is so individualistic yeah that's so true wow i didn't even think about it that way but yeah i feel like there's just it's so much competition just like ugh. okay if you're in business school no if you're literally in any type of any profession probably um you know what linkedin is it's a social media platform but for like professional purposes yeah 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 so basically you have a profile and you put you know what school you go to what you're studying what you know career you want to pursue an about section your education your accomplishments certificates all of that all your work experience Mm -hmm. yeah so basically on there you're supposed to post things you're supposed to post like motivational and like things that professional development stuff yeah like it's i don't know you can post about you know i went to this seminar and i learned this or i got this new job or this internship yeah and then also it's like there's that and there's also recruiters posting like really stupid like really dumb things <laughs> like really like just straight up fake like they're lying <laughs> and quote-unquote inspirational stories about they hired they wanted to hire this person but they hired this person instead because they showed good character even though they didn't have any skills for the job like just like yeah really dumb things like that that would not actually happen in yeah yeah there is like a while i have linkedin i have it on my favorites bar and the thing with like the icon on chrome is that it has like a little red dot for notifications so i had this like obsession with like you know i need the red dot to be gone so let me check my (laughs) notifications and like wow i i don't think there's ever been a more draining social and i don't like literally i part of me hates every single social media and like you know i'm always this close to deleting it all like everything everything yeah (laughs) but i will say that as much as I hate a lot of different social media websites and apps or whatever, I'm, I don't think I hate any of them more than I hate LinkedIn. <laughs> like, I'm the same person who's telling all of my friends, please get a LinkedIn, because it actually it, has, it is really important. And it really does help if you're, like, meeting people and you want to stay connected. Yeah. yeah. But 
wow like I you know it was so mentally draining and depressing to be on there and I'm only a freshman in college like it is only getting worse so I I don't even check it anymore also I'm convinced that I'll get evil eye from posting (laughs) from posting yeah white people don't know what evil eye is but I bet they're the the number one contributors let's talk for a (laughs) long But, um... You want to explain what that is? Yeah, so evil eye is, like... I don't know, I feel like every culture has, like, some version of evil eye. But basically, I don't know, it has a lot to do with jealousy. It's kind of like, if you look at someone the wrong way, um, you might, you know... Like, curse them? Curse them, essentially. Yeah. And that thing that they have that you're jealous of, well, like, it'll go away, or, like... yeah. Oh my god, let me tell that one story about the evil eye. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, so our dad, I think, uh, who was, I think it was like a friend of his or a relative or something who lived in, I don't know. Either way, he lived abroad, right? He has like evil eye, but he like, it's not on purpose. But when he would see things that he was, you know, jealous or envious of, something bad would like immediately happen to them. Mm-hmm. So one time he pulled up to the masjid at, on Jummah. And he looked at this guy, like, pulled up, like, with a brand new car or something. Yeah. And he looked at it, and he was like, damn, like, I wish I had a car like that. Boom. All four of the tires pop. <laughs> yeah. And he and he knew it. He knew it was his fault, so he went to the person and apologized. And he was like, I didn't do it on purpose, <laughs> but I just looked at it, and, and it just happened. And he literally, he had to pay. He, like offered to pay for yeah. all for you know to get the tires replaced <laughs> and i'm like i'm pretty sure that's a real story like there are a lot yeah. of stories that our parents tell us i'm like that's a lie <laughs> but like i don't think he would lie about that yeah. so yeah evil lie like i'm genuinely so scared because like i have uh, i have like a decent amount of people on my linkedin um just people from like scholarships people that i've met before so the last thing i need is people getting jealous or envious and Ruining it for you. Yep. Yeah. So I refuse to post on LinkedIn. Um. Yeah. Where are we going with this? <laughs> oh yeah, competition. Yeah. So I hate LinkedIn because it, it just makes you feel so bad about like what you have accomplished and what you haven't accomplished. Mm-hmm. And yeah, sure. I think we'll we'll come back to this when we're talking about like what this means for like Muslims. Because I wanna I wanna talk a little bit about that. But anyway, moving on. Um, so another thing about like capitalism that like I hate is how like consumption, like it encourages so much consumption mm-hmm. that and like materialism, which like I yeah. feel like we like ugh, like experienced it so much living in the States. Yeah. But yeah. I think one thing with like consumption is that every single company is trying to make more money, right? Mm-hmm. So they're going to produce things that like are seemingly better just so that you can buy them at a higher price. Mm, yeah, yeah. So like just like looking at our phones, for example, like mm. is there much difference between like an iPhone 6 and an iPhone 7? No. No. Is there a difference mm-hmm. between an iPhone 11 and 12? Nope. No. <laughs> but every year people buy the new one because it's supposed to be better and another thing is that it's more expensive so like the company is making a hella bank yeah and what's so awful about it is that like to us it's just a phone it's like oh i get a new phone whatever it's not too i just save up my paycheck but like we have to think about the cost of getting rid of those things because more likely than not your old iphone every you know those people that have those plans where they get a new iphone every two years Mm -hmm. your old iphone is getting shipped to probably some remote village in like india or somewhere in africa and like little children like an 11 year old is probably getting poisoned is gonna die young because you decided that you wanted it okay that's <laughs> a little bit much and i also like i hate it when companies put all the blame on like consumers for you know creating all these problems but we also like we play a part you know yeah. we can't take all the blame off yeah. ourselves but i mean that's very true i think another part is that like okay basically in this one class that i took recently i learned about like wastes basically that come from like production and stuff mm-hmm. i think a good part of it is from these companies just not like or people maybe i don't know i guess it's the companies not recycling stuff that they have already used or like old phones and stuff all of that mm. stuff can be reused to make new stuff you that know? makes new so phones. much sense yeah so i think that's part of the waste of that but also i wanted to add that 
companies are definitely at fault for like the production too because you yeah we saw like i think this was last year about cobalt being mined from congo yeah it was it's so bad because those yeah. ch- there's literally it's literally it's child yeah child they're dying in those mines mm-hmm. it's so dangerous and uh, the one case that i like actually like learned about was basically about like coca-cola cans and how they're made and basically if people actually recycled the like coke cans and Mm -hmm. if they could if they reused those it literally would like there wouldn't have to be as much of whatever metal they use to to make the i don't know what kind of metal it is Mm -hmm. but they wouldn't have to mine nearly as much yeah and yeah it's definitely not good for the environment if you just look at like the the freaking ocean was on fire the other day yeah and the thing is like people all of our trash that goes into the ocean like people think that it just it just stays in the o- like in the middle of the ocean like no that it like clumps up and you get like gigantic trash gigantic trash islands like the one that's mm-hmm. in the pacific or like i remember i was watching oh shoot i think it was like a documentary on like the ganges river or something like that in india where i can't maybe it was somewhere else actually i don't know either way all of this trash just it floats to the other side of the ocean and mm-hmm. it lands on people's shores mm-hmm. and then they are forced to live amongst you know trash like literally you can't even see the ground mm-hmm. it's just all trash literally so awful but um what was i going to touch on oh yeah, yeah. so these companies are like making more and more products mm-hmm. i want to touch on that because it's like the thing like part of that as awful as it sounds like i want to like move out of the states when i get older i don't know where yet but one of the things that like i'm like ah i don't know if i could live without this is like as awful as it is like amazon you know we have mm-hmm. you know and i you know sometimes i'll be watching youtubers and they're like oh i wish i could get this but they don't ship to my country or stuff like that mm-hmm. and i'm like oh wow like it's so great to live in the u.s because you know all the companies that are here and everything ships here and this and that and whatever but you think about it and that's like not a good thing mm-hmm. you know like we have so many choices like i remember multiple occasions i can i get kind of overwhelmed really easily yeah no, the number same. of times where i've gone to target and I'm like, okay, I need toothpaste. And then I find myself staring at a wall of 100 different <laughs> types of toothpaste. What yeah. time I almost cried. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I can't even remember. I think I might have been in the skincare aisle. It was just too much for me. Oh, man. Uh, there was this one time where I went to Whole Foods to get, like, a bunch of different things. But I was looking at hummus. And there was, like, a whole, whole like... Food, whole Foods hummus. <laughs> there was a whole, like, little, like, shelf thing. Mm, it was course. literally from, like from the top to like the floor of course and it was just hummus and i was so overwhelmed i was like should i try like this lemon hummus (laughs) or whatever or like this red pepper stuff or like the chipotle stuff and i was just so options i was so overwhelmed i just i just got the regular one and left (laughs) (laughs) no it's like that sometimes but yeah it's it's so bad and i don't know we like like to sit here like oh it's so nice to have so many options but like that's it forces us to like Overconsume, mm-hmm. you know and like obviously what we've seen recently with you know if you're on tiktok like fashion trends in general now that all the like rich you know middle upper class white now <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna get canceled in a couple years on white people. but what i found that like she in like used to be a thing for relatively not i don't want to say lower class but it was not very popular because everything seemed too cheap and Mm -hmm. you know but i feel like once white people started to find it the middle upper class and it started to be you know it's not something that's stigmatized it's not something like you know like there's some stores in the mall that white people you know the you know rich popular kids would not be caught shopping at Mm -hmm. they would only shop you know places where like american eagle where a pair of jeans costs like 50 dollars minimum or hollister yeah but now that they, like, buy stuff on Shein, not that it's, like, cool, but it's, like, you know, it kind of is actually low-key. Mm-hmm. But ev- that means everybody shops there now. Mm-hmm. So then you have these people who are, you know, literally getting $2,000 Shein packages where literal trucks are coming to drop off their Shein packages because they're buying so much. And that's the thing. It's, like, we have so many choices, and now that they're all affordable because... Mm-hmm. Fast fashion. Exactly, yeah, and, you know sweatshops Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah yeah and all of it is coming from sweatshops anyway so it's so bad and i also want to talk a little bit i want to do an episode on like hijabi influencers because there's like a lot of problematic stuff about it but one thing i wanted to touch on is that a lot of the influencers today 
are hijabi influencers specifically are promoting fast fashion especially Shein and it's getting kind of ridiculous because the thing is some of them you know like they're buying four or five hundred dollar Jordans they can afford to shop at more sustainable fashion exactly and I feel like to promote Champion or Nike is better than Shein Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, even if they're all fast fashion, you know, obviously, yeah, I feel like Nike definitely... and Champion might be better than Shein, but yeah. they're all fast fashion, but at the end of the day, Shein is so, it's so, like, it's so affordable that when you go on that website, you're going to want to buy more and more and more and more. Mm-hmm. And with that little code, with the free shipping code, you're like, oh, I can only, you know, buy it once. So people just, like, buy and buy and buy and buy. And it's so awful because we, you know, as an oppressed people... Like, I'm assuming a lot of these hijabis are, you know, minorities. It's so awful for us to go out and to promote buying from companies that oppress literally Mm -hmm. our brothers and sisters. I think part of it is just because, like, um, of course, like, Shein is cheap, and that's why people, that's why their followers can afford it. Yeah. Like, if they're going to promote, like, all these... If they if they're gonna promote more sustainable fashion, that sustainable fashion obviously is gonna cost more, you know. Yeah. So like they're not gonna make as much money off of it. Yeah, they're only promoting it so that they can. They can get make, also yeah, so they, that they can make money off exactly. of their little affiliate codes. Yeah. Codes. And it's one thing I feel like low key like I'm really into fashion, um so I like to post you know an OOTD here and there, <laughs> um but one thing that's like, like I feel like if I was like any type of hijabi influencer. I feel like I would be I would be okay with posting my outfits for, you know, fit inspo mm-hmm. or something like that, but I don't think I could ever promote a company like Shein. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that I, you know, I am guilty of making a Shein purchase. <clears throat> hey. <laughs> but I'm not going out and I'm and promoting that other people do the same, mm-hmm. you know? Cuz I feel like I'm I'm, you know, not a sheikh. I'm, you know, unable yeah. to say what's haram and what's halal, but I don't think God would be okay with that, if I'm being honest. So, like, there's no way, and, like, it, a lot, of, we all know, like, we all know that, you know, clothes cannot be that cute and that affordable. Yeah. And be, you know, then be treating their employees with, like, dignity and respect. Yeah. You know, I feel like I can't, mo- you know, like, morally, I feel like I would, I sh- wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah, no, I think I heard something that was, like, if you threw, like, a plastic bag or something just like littered or whatever and it like hurt an animal then you're gonna be like reckoned with that or whatever yeah. on the day of judgment yeah. so imagine if you're just like you might just be buying an outfit from Shein or whatever but like if they're like abusing or like exploiting their workers and that's kind of like you're enabling that you know exactly. so yeah i know this one influencer who she's a sweetheart she's she seems like a really nice person but she built her entire brand i'm talking like thirty thousand. Like, I'm pretty sure she has, like, 100,000 on TikTok and probably, like, 30,000 on YouTube. Entirely on Shein hauls. Dang. Like, video after video after video. And I'm like, you really don't see any anything <laughs> wrong with this? Yeah. But, yeah, it's just, you know. And that's not even... A lot of these clothes are trendy. They're gonna go out of style in a year, probably. Yeah. A year or two. And then I feel like, what, everything from the early 2000s is coming back in i think low-rise jeans are coming back in something about that (laughs) (laughs) but those are going to be in trend what trending yeah on trend and you know all the clothes that you're buying that really that are going to break down in a year you're just going to throw them away sometimes i look at my own closet and i'm like damn like these clothes are getting kind of old yeah i'm like damn i I bought this not that long ago it's so bad but yeah i feel like we're all just like and we didn't even talk we like barely touched on the environmental part of this mm-hmm. like all all those clothes that go to the landfill mm-hmm. um yeah it's so bad but yeah moving on so like i said earlier we wanted to you know the commentary and discussion is really good and i think we need to talk more about that um obviously in our own circles but we also want to talk a little bit about what this means for us as muslims. you know muslims yeah um one thing that I know, like, I have really, really felt, I'm sure we all have, is that this, like, hustle culture, you know, relies on you putting your work first. And, you know, if you're not working, you're probably putting your school first. And that, obviously, you're prioritizing your, you know, your studies. Mm-hmm. And that is, like, all, you know, good and dandy. I'm sure we all, 
you know, we want to prioritize schools so that we can, inshallah, get good jobs and be able to provide for our parents and give back to our communities and all that. But when it becomes like bad and toxic is when we find ourselves constantly prioritizing it over things like salah, mm-hmm. um, you know, reading Quran, being engaged in our Muslim community, helping others, you know? Yeah. And I heard this quote from, I can't remember, it must have been like a video or something like that. And it said that everything that you are prioritizing over your deen or your salah specifically, it becomes almost as if though you're worshiping that thing. So it's almost as if you're worshiping school. at the, And obviously, like, that's where we're getting our validation from. So you find yourself, you know, I have a meeting at this time and I don't want to, you know, embarrass myself ducking out of it. Or so, be late or something. Exactly. So you yeah, yeah. Some, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden you find yourself that you've missed i don't know or something like that mm-hmm. or you have an exam and you're i don't know maybe too embarrassed to ask your professor hey can i take it at a later time or whatever whatever and you find yourself delaying your soda or sometimes it's just like just schoolwork. you're like i can't you know i have to finish this and this and this and this tonight yeah and you find yourself like, or you're like you don't have any time for your, yourself or your dean yeah or you're like stu- up late studying for for like a final or something and then you end up falling asleep and missing Aisha or mm-hmm. something yeah no and it's so bad and I didn't like realize that I felt like I was doing that mm-hmm. I think up until recently like it wasn't like most for the most part I wasn't like missing my that you know sometimes I would do the ugh astaghfirullah all the times that I stayed up studying and doing homework and I was like okay like I'll I don't even know I think I would like fall asleep while I was like studying and then I'd be so out of it and I'd be like, oh, whatever. I'll just like wake up and I'll pray Isha before Fajr. Stuck a lot. The number of times that I did that this last year. Ugh. But yeah, it's just like you realize, you know, with maturity and with growth and, you know, the more time that you put into your dean, the more you realize that like the only success that you're going to get. I found this from oh, it's a little white book called Seedless Something Advice. I don't know. <laughs> um great book (laughs) but there's this thing in there that said like the only way that you're gonna achieve success you know the only source of success essentially is from your deen or allah or Mm -hmm. something like that yeah you should only measure your success in terms of how close you are to allah or to your deen or whatever exactly yeah and so i feel like we are constantly measuring our success by how much money we have in our bank account yeah. If we're getting internships over other, you know, prestigious internships with big companies, um, mm-hmm. the grades that we're getting, and, like, how often do we take a step back and we realize, like, yo, like, why aren't I as worried, uh, you know, about how much Quran I'm reading? Yeah. You know, whether I'm praying my, you know, my prayers, like, right after the Adhan comes in. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's sad. So, yeah, on that note, obviously, like, I don't know, sometimes take a step back. And obviously, like, I, a lot of these you know realizations i've only come to like recently mm-hmm. so i'm excited to see excited and a little bit nervous to see how this will like transfer into when i'm you know in the fall back to being a full student yeah because like student life is rough especially when you're like really involved mm-hmm. but um yeah inshallah it won't be too hard but another thing that i was talking about earlier was you know this constant fear of I feel like I'm not doing enough and, you know, I'm not doing enough, you know, six, you know, quote unquote, career success wise. Right. Yeah. And like one thing that I know helped me out a lot. And again, I'm only a freshman in college, even though some of my classmates are already doing internships and this and, you know, whatever programs. Um, I'm sure it will, it'll only get worse in the future, but it's already it's already so much competition to see who can get into like what career exploration programs and like clubs and you know you know those like elite clubs that you have to like apply and interview for and stuff like that. Um, but one thing that has helped me a lot, I don't know, you can probably you probably have more to say about this, but um, realizing that like your path is so 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 different from everybody else's path. Mm-hmm. you know and like the last thing you need to be worried about is like another person's path you know like yeah. literally Allah has a plan for you and like there's literally there's just no reason to be stressed because mm-hmm. like inshallah everything will work out fine maybe be wor- the only thing you should be worried about is if you're making enough dua you know that's true yeah and I know that like there's this another 
oh, Timeless Seeds of Advice, that's the name of the book. <laughs> um, one of the things that it was talking about was like, you know, delaying your salah is obviously like not a very good thing, but it was like basically, you know, get back on your prayer game and see how quickly, yeah, you know, blessings come. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I think, yeah, I think it was something about like, if you are on top of your salah, like if you prioritize that, everything else will fall into place. Yeah, that's a really good one. Yeah. Um, I think I can relate to that in the sense of, like, you know, I feel like in my undergrad experience, I, my path definitely didn't look like any of my classmates, I guess, and I honestly didn't think that I would go to grad school or anything, and now I'm, like, in a program that I really like, and, yeah, you know, it's, good school too. yeah, and it's, yeah, very good school, I, I feel like this is definitely helping um, me get to where I want to be, you know, and I would not have expected that I would have gone this way, but I did, and under that, it's turning out good. Inshallah, <laughs> it will. Yeah, and I think another thing that I wanted to touch on, um, I remember, like, I did, like, a, it was, like, an internship program my senior year. It wasn't anything, like, special. It was just, like, you know, you find an organization that you want to work with in the community, and you get to, like, leave school for a couple hours to do, go do that internship, um, and I remember, like, I wasn't getting any internships like at all and I was like kind of broke at that point <laughs> and I had like two jobs but I was like simply not getting you know none of the like business I mean, it's a small town but none of the like marketing agencies or consulting places like none of them would respond or they would open too late and my school wouldn't let me go yeah or something like nothing was working out for me and I was like, literally, like, why? Why did it have to happen to me? Because, like, everybody else had already gotten their internships, and I was just, like, stuck in the classroom yeah, during okay. those periods. I just want to add that those other people who have their internships, they probably had networks, you know? They it's had people true. to talk to, yeah, people like to, like, uncles, connect them with, yeah. Whatever. Anyways, continue. But, yeah. <laughs> so, I was, like, so, I was, like, damn, like, everybody else is chilling, and I'm stuck here for two hours doing absolutely nothing. Lo and behold, like, a couple weeks later... I was able to get an internship at, I use my network actually, <laughs> to get an internship with like the Masjid preschool, like preschool and like elementary school daycare type situation. Islamic school, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Islamic school. And the, at first my teacher was like, mm, like it has to start at 8 a.m. because that's when school starts. And it wouldn't work because the pr- principal was the first person to go in and she could only come in at like 8.30 or something like that. So we like compromised at 8.15. Um, she never showed up. Like, I, no one, <laughs> literally, I was sitting out in the cold <laughs> because everybody ran on Muslim time. <laughs> so I ended up, like, literally, there were days where I would leave the house at 8 30 and I would show up to my internship at like 8 45. So basically, I got to sleep a lot. <laughs> that network that I made at that school, because like the parents really liked me, I ended up babysitting for like three families. And alhamdulillah, like, those like little jobs here and there. Like, have been able to, like, literally people still call me and text me to this day, hey, do you want to babysit my kids? Because of the network that I built and the, like, repertoire of, like, clients <laughs> that I have through my little business. So, like, I mean, maybe that's a dumb example, but it really just shows you, like, rejection is redirection. Mm-hmm. And, like, the last thing you need to worry about is, like, you know. Other people. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. I feel like that's all we have on a little capitalism rant for today yeah we're definitely going to do another one on another episode on materialism and Mm -hmm. capitalism for sure but that will be sometime in the future so yeah um thanks for listening uh feel free to check out our instagram go comment we're probably going to put up a post go comment your thoughts um if you have anything to share dm us uh email us hoodies and headscarves follow us on twitter h underscore head scars yeah let us know if you have any other like topic ideas or whatever that you want us to discuss yep and thanks for listening this is hoodies and head scars